I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. This is the fourth gospel in the New Testament. Um, it's towards the back end of your Bible. As you guys are turning there, with the new year, um, we're going through a new series this month that is called Why Jesus. Can everybody say Why Jesus with me? This is a series that we're taking time to look at why Jesus would come um, and why in our own lives we would accept Jesus. I think one of the things that comes with that is we wouldn't only look at why we would accept Jesus, but why, why Jesus accepts us, if that makes sense. And so the reasons why God did what he did and why we do what we do. Oftentimes you can look at what God did. You say, Jesus did this. I'm supposed to do this. But really, at the heart of it, why you do the things that you do really make who you are. That's why sometimes we don't always understand why we do. Why am I being stupid like this? Anybody can relate to that? Amen? It's one of those things where you're like, why do I do the things I do? Why am I hanging out with these people? It's because you need to address why you do the things in your heart. And we believe that leads to a more deep, genuine faith. Hayden and I are going to be sharing this for the next month. And just one of the things as well, I would just say in John chapter 8, this is a point in Jesus' earthly ministry where he is standing before a group of Jewish people known as the Israelites, and he is talking to them. And what did he even say is that they believed in him. Jesus came and revealed himself as the Son of God, and now they're believing in him. And we find him in this interesting situation where he's talking to them about this issue of freedom. And so I want to I look at this and talk to you this morning about it. John chapter 8, verse 31. Join me there. And this is what God's word says. It says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. What that means is Israelites, because Israelites descended from Abraham. So they're basically saying, We're we're the Israelites. And it says, and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Can you say amen with me? conversation takes a turn and a major point as Jesus begins to talk to them. He says, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. And then he says, when you hold to them, you'll know the truth. And there's nothing more powerful than knowing the truth of God. But then he says this, it will set you free. Can you all say free with me? This is an interesting word because this isn't something that when I say that word free to you, that you're like, what's that? I've never heard the word freedom before. Freedom is something that is a major part of our culture. America, amen. Right? Amen. America, home of the? Absolutely the American dream. The freedom to choose whatever you want. Freedom is a major part of this nation's founding. That it was built on having freedom, liberty. But also it's a major part of our story as well. Did you know that the issue of freedom and slavery was the thing that divided it in the Civil War? It's one of the reasons why issues of racism and prejudice are still so prevalent today because they matter and they're issues of freedom for all people no matter where they come from. 
Freedom's a major part of our culture. It's something that we all are familiar with if you're from here. But freedom is also a major part of the Bible as well. When you look at the story of Jesus and the Exodus, when God delivered Moses, did you know that the context to which God revealed himself was by taking a people who were in slavery to the Egyptians, he took them and he set them free from hundreds of years of brutal physical slavery and bondage. God revealed himself as a God who frees people. He, re- he freed them physically to show that he's a God who, reveals, who frees people spiritually. In fact, freedom is something that um, is something we all know all too well. We see it today in our, our day and culture, whether it's in persecution. It could be even things like not being allowed to do what you want to do. How many of you have ever been grounded? Amen. Maybe some of you are grounded right now and you're not allowed to drive. Some of you aren't allowed to drive anyways. And so not a big deal. I'm going to ask you guys to do something. I'm going to put two questions on the board. The first one, I want you to take some time to answer. I want you to just turn to your neighbors next to you. Hold on. Answer it. The second question will be a quick one. You're just going to get a couple minutes to answer it. The first one is this. Everyone ready? Be blown away. What is the definition of freedom? How do you define freedom? And then the second one is simple. It's a one-word answer. What is the opposite of freedom? Go. All right, take one more second. All right, I'm going to ask leaders in a second to share some of the answers. Keep going for one more second. All right, let's bring it back. All right, can some of the leaders in the room share some of the answers? Don't be afraid, you can just yell it out. The ability to choose, choose. not bad. Hey, not too shabby. Any other leaders? Xavier. Lack of physical and mental restraint on your life. Did I get that right? All right, good. And then someone from over here, one of the leaders, please. Being able to do what you want. I do what I want. All right? But now, the second question, what is the opposite of freedom? Anyone? Slavery. I've never heard anyone say it so majestically. So, uh, what else? Anyone else? Bondage? A kid last service said communism. <laughs> well, But I want to read. I want to... Go ahead and nudge your neighbor. What it says, the actual definition of it in the dictionary is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without, everybody say without, without, hindrance or restraint. Another definition of it 
is the state of not, everybody say not, not being imprisoned or enslaved. And so I want you to notice something about the definition. Freedom isn't just the power or the right to act, speak, or think as you want. It's those things without hindrance or restraint. But also look at that. It's the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. The definition of freedom is interesting because it's defined by what is not there. Things like slavery or bondage that are over it. And so I actually went and did some research. I just wrote examples of slavery and I looked them up of what are the current day examples that people look at most often. And so I found some of them and I just put them up there. Some of the, the biggest examples are the most common examples. Debt bondage, so like financial restriction and slavery that you could do to someone. Child slavery is a big one. Forced marriage, but forced labor is by far the biggest one. Using people to make money for you against their will and illegal ways. But I want to tell you something too. I went page after page after page through all of the examples of it. And I found one thing that was a common theme of every example through my Google search, all right, of it. And it's this. All of the things that would be considered slavery start out here. They're external, and then they come to you, and they enslave you. Does that make sense? That it's things that are happening outside of you, and so someone might be treating you poorly. It could be, you know, someone persecuting you. It could be the inability to do something. Slavery or bondage isn't just something that could be extreme. It could happen on a smaller level as well. So, for example... Maybe you look at your friends and you see that they're going on a really nice vacation and you're like, Mom, Dad, why can't we do that? And it's like, well, we don't have the financial means to be able to do that. That's an example of being restricted in that way on a smaller level. Maybe it's something that's even with family. Maybe you're someone in this room, you're like, why don't my parents love me? Why don't I have two parents? Why? And that's something that you're not able to have. And so in a sense, that's a restriction. But no matter how common it may be or how extreme it may be, you notice something. They're all things that are happening on the outside to you. Never once did it mention things internally. Did it mention things that are happening on the inside of your own life. You know, the people of Jesus' day, the people that he was talking to in this scripture, the Israelites, the Jewish people, were thinking the same thing. Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you're my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they say, wait a second. These are people that were believing in Jesus. And it says, wait a minute, we're, we're Israelites. We're the people of God. We're not slaves to anyone. And what Jesus says, he says, I tell you the truth, you're looking at it the wrong way. You think that slavery is an issue out here. You think that it's my job to set you free out here. But really, I came to set you free in your soul, in your spirit. And he says, anyone who sins is a slave to sin, is what he says. He says, there's more going on than just the external things. You know, the people of the day in Jesus' culture, when they were looking at a God who would save them, this is what it meant to them. They would hear that and they would think, all right, we have a God who's going to free the nation of Israel from the Roman Empire who is over us and in control of us. They thought that's what freedom was. That was their measuring stick of God setting them free and God being good. If God didn't do that, he wasn't good and he wasn't God. And yet God comes along and says, no, there's way more going on than just getting what you want externally. He says real freedom comes from your heart and it comes from your soul. Amen.
Jesus defined it as something deep within you that we need, that we're spiritually enslaved by so many things. Here are examples of internal slavery. You ready for this? Sin is an example of it, just as Jesus speaks. When you give yourself to sin, when you give yourself to disobedience, maybe you're struggling with something right now. Instead of looking at it as, well, I'm just being bad, or wow, I'm just making the wrong decisions, what if you looked at it in the way of, I'm giving myself over to something to be my master. When sin becomes your master, you know what you become? You become its servant. You serve it. You serve that before you. And so, in a way, you could become enslaved to that. It could be shame. Everybody say shame with me. Shame is a big one. Being ashamed of who you are, the things that you've done. Sitting in here and thinking that, man, if people know what I've done or what I'm doing right now, they, would, they wouldn't love me. They would think I'm a terrible person. And so you aren't free to be honest with yourself or with honest people because you're scared. And that's also fear as well. It's interesting because you could not be sinning and still be enslaved to shame. Isn't that interesting? Think about that for a minute. You could not be making poor decisions, but if you're living in fear and you're living in shame, you're serving those things. I'm acting out of fear. I'm afraid people won't accept me. I'm afraid of this happening to my family, so I'm going to act a certain way. I'm going to dress a certain way. I'm going to talk a certain way. Those are all ways of acting in fear. So you're serving that as well as your past. Maybe you're someone in here who lived a lifestyle that was less than godly to say the least. And you're afraid to try anything different. Maybe you don't know anything different. And so you go, how could I be different in Christ? Because I feel like I don't know what that looks like. So being enslaved to your past, thinking you need to be, thinking you'll never change, is being enslaved to the way that you once were. Those are all examples of internal slavery. And ultimately this, how you define freedom is how you'll get it. I want to say that one more time. How you define freedom is ultimately the way that you're going to get it. You think freedom's a matter of getting everything lined up out here, you're going to miss the real freedom that you're desiring that's actually here in your own heart. You know, it's interesting. I was, uh, I was looking and thinking about it, and that's how someone, for example, could be in prison, be on death row, could be serving life, and they come and find Jesus, and they realize the magnitude of their forgiveness, they can be in jail the rest of their life, have no freedoms out here whatsoever, and feel more free than someone who's rich and powerful and could have every material possession that they want, yet they don't realize the forgiveness that they have in Christ, and so they're more enslaved than the person in prison. I was reading an article from Forbes about CEOs. You guys know who CEOs are. They're heads of major companies. And this article was written last year. It said that CEOs made an average of $13.8 million a year. That's a lot of money, amen? That's over 200 times the normal amount that an average person makes. But you want to know something else that it said? It said that the average is 20% is the depression rate amongst CEOs. Clinically depressed, not just feeling sad, but truly diagnosed and depressed. 20%, which is twice the normal amount as a person, the average American. You know what that tells us? That you could have all the money in the world. You could be in charge of everything. You could be in the most ideal circumstances and yet still be depressed, still be sad, still be unsatisfied in your soul. That ultimately, you need a savior. And ultimately, just because you can do whatever you want 
doesn't mean that you're free. I want to say that one more time. Just because you can do whatever you want doesn't necessarily make you free in your soul. There's an interesting story in the Bible. It's about the church at Corinth. And this was a church, or this was a community before the church came in that was defined as being sexually immoral. Now, this wasn't like, well, some people made some mistakes and it's, it was a bad thing. It was worshipped and celebrated that they were sexually immoral. People would go to the temple daily to engage in sexual immorality, and it would be celebrated as worship. You would be looked up upon in that society. It was pretty, pretty messed up. And then Paul comes in, preaches the gospel, and a ton of people get saved. All these people who are engaging in all this stuff and this freedom of whatever they wanted to do were saved. And... They knew they were forgiven. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they wanted to become Christian and live this new life. But something funny happened with them because as Paul is leading them and saying, this is the life that God calls you to, they were like, wait a minute. We can't do all this stuff? They're like, we can't just do whatever we want? I thought we were free to choose whatever kind of life we wanted. And Paul says these powerful words to them. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say. He says, You guys are saying that you have the right to do anything. And he says, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. But he says, but as for me, I won't be mastered by anything. What he says is this. You know, all of you have the ability to choose however you want to live. No one's going to stop you from whatever you want to decide. Yes, there are rules in life. Yes, you have parents. But at the end of the day, no one's going to make you act a certain way. It's your decision of what kind of person you want to be, what you want to value, what you want to pursue. But Paul says, that doesn't make it good. That doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. That doesn't mean that if you live like this, that it's going to satisfy you or that you're going to be free. Because if you go after those things, you're going to be in bondage and slavery. In fact, if you looked at the things that maybe you struggle with, Maybe the certain sins or addictions that maybe are in your own life, no one made you do that, maybe. Those were all choices of freedom that you made, whether you realize the consequences or not. I heard an interesting story from a friend of mine. She was a leader in the group, and she was telling me of a story one time where one of her friends on social media, all of us have social media, amen? Almost. My speech? Just kidding. Uh... And she was noticing that her friend was posting a lot of photos of herself in it. And so she was saying, you know, wow, it's getting kind of self-centered there on the post. But what she noticed, post after post, she started noticing things. She started noticing that she was editing herself, her own face. She was editing her own weight even as well, making her look skinnier than she actually was. And... It led to actually a God kind of conversation between them. And she said, well, why, why do you do that? What's going on? And the friend shared that she was feeling this pressure from her friends from seeing all the things that they posted to keep up with them. That's the language that she used. She was saying that I, I want to show that I'm doing something with my life, that I'm not falling behind or that I, I look good. And so it's interesting because that's an example of what slavery could be like in your soul it's and think about this no one made her post that think about that for a minute no one made her do that but yet there was a slavery going at hand and it wasn't just social media it's not wow social media is bad that's not what enslaved her 
It was trying to impress the people around her that was ultimately what enslaved her. What enslaves you in your life? What are the things that you're insecure about right now? What are the things that you're struggling with? What are the things that you serve around you? True freedom is something that's for your soul. And Jesus wants to set you free from those things that enslave you. True freedom is for your soul. It's not for your circumstances. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't address our circumstances. Because he does. God does it. You know, he sets us free. He takes us out of certain situations. But if you're in here and you think that's the only thing God does for us, you're going to miss what real freedom is. Making that mistake is one of the reasons people never find freedom. And they'll even blame God for it. God, if you're real, why isn't this happening in my life? God, if you're real, why can't I get into this college? God, if you're real, why can't I get this job? Why can't I get this person to like me? God, why aren't you giving me freedom here? And yet, deep down in your own heart, the very things that are truly enslaving and hurting you are here. They're not here. That's like someone, if they're having like liver problems, saying, God, why haven't you healed my brain yet? Like, okay, I'll heal your brain, but that's not going to do anything about this. It's the same thing with God. God, why don't you change these? And God's like, okay, I mean, I'll change them, but that's not going to help anything. Because the problem still remains, and the slavery still remains in our soul and in our heart. God wants to set us free. That's why Jesus went to the cross in the first place, was to set us free from sin and shame and fear in our past. Verse 36 says, Now, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. It's interesting in the verse before it, too, it says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. That when you're enslaved to sin, you can't set yourself free. You can't set yourself free from your shame or your past or your sin or fear or any of those things. You need someone to come in and set you free. And the Son who will set you free. He's the only one that can, and he wants to, and he will. God not only sets us free, but God teaches us how to live in that freedom. Are you tracking with me? Amen? Amen? Amen. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Look at that for a minute, because what it says is that it's for your freedom that Christ did what he did. But then it says, Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. God set you free, and now he wants to teach you to live in that freedom. That's why God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, and then he said, now let me give you commandments to live by so you can keep your freedom. What God said, he says, if you don't follow these, you will find yourselves going back to Egypt. And that happened with them. There were times when they said, let's go back to Egypt, back to slavery, Doesn't that sound ridiculous? In fact, I hear that and I think to myself, it's like, man, if I was in their shoes, I would never do that. And yet, every time I turn away from the Lord, I do exactly that. God has set you free and his teachings and his commands are the very things that teach us to keep in freedom. That's why he says, if you hold to my teaching, when you obey, when you follow my commandments, you will be set free. That is the identity factor of obedience and why obedience is so important, even when we don't understand it, even when it feels like it goes against everything that we feel in our hearts and in our bodies, is that it leads to freedom. 
the sign that defines disobedience is slavery. That when you say, God, I want to do whatever I want, God's going to go, I really hope not, because I don't want you to be enslaved. I don't want you to be in bondage. I don't want you to lose this freedom. I want you to live in it. Obedience leads to freedom, and disobedience leads to slavery. That's the power of obeying God's word. Maybe you're here this morning. I'm going to invite Noah up to play on keys as well as Hayden to lead us in a response, some time to talk amongst ourselves. I'd ask that you put Bibles and phones away. But while we get ready, I just want to encourage you guys in two ways. One, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, and you've always thought it was a moral thing, like I wasn't good enough for Jesus, or I'm not sure he would actually forgive me. Well, let me tell you, that's the very reason Jesus came, was to set you free from your sin and your shame and your fear. And the other side of it is this as well. Maybe you're here, and you know Jesus, and you love Jesus, but you're like, I do what I want when I want. And you're in bondage, you're upset, you're frustrated, you're anxious, you're mad, you don't know what the future holds in store. You feel enslaved. I want you to take that seriously too, because... Maybe God is calling you to him to obedience. Maybe that's a matter of trust. That's not a matter of doing things. Obeying God is always a matter of trust. Do you trust that if you went all in with the commands that God has given you how to live, that he would deliver freedom in the long run?